98 FM's Late Night Talk. With Head and Shoulders, giving you the confidence to hang up your hang-ups. We're joined right now by consulting psychologist and cognitive scientist, John Francis Leader. John, how Happy are you doing? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, guys. Happy, Happy New, New Year. year. Um, now, you guys are on fire tonight. I don't know how I'm going to top the momentum <laughs> so far. We're a, bit, we're, we're a bit hyperactive, I think, because we came into work today and it's meant to be, you know, the most depressing day, blah, 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 blah. We've been yeah. very positive. Uh, we kind of said, lads, let's just be positive. Have a yeah. good day. I hear that, yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to resolutions and the new year, John, do you think we're doomed to fail? Well, the statistics do seem to suggest that, <laughs> to, to spoil the positive momentum. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's, there's lots of different studies that, you know, roughly tend to, to come to about 90% failure rate. That, that tends to be the average, you know, when you look at different studies. Now, you know, I think that's a little bit strong because, you know, if you have a bad habit, even if you give it up for a week or two, that's still an improvement, you know what I mean, at least that time, if it was something that was damaging your health or something that you improved. But, of course, most people, when they want to make a change, uh, they want it permanent. They want it to be a, a kind of a binary thing. If I used to do that, I don't do that anymore. I've got the bragging rights of saying I'm free of it and, uh, and so on. So that's what I've been focusing on. My New Year's resolution in 2014 is to help people with theirs. And, uh, yeah, I've been looking at some research over the past while on that. And in relation to that research, I believe, do you think bad habits, um, they're called bad, yep. can they actually be good? And that seems to be the key thing we're finding. The problem is with that kind of binary mindset of, of saying that this thing is bad and I need to get rid of it, the trouble is we do seem to toss out the baby with the bathwater a bit and that's the thing that's causing problems. Because, you know, if you think about it, every habit that we have, it either delivers something good, something positive, something nice, or at least promises that to you. Now, it may not really deliver what it promises, but it certainly intends well. So, you know, we could eat for comfort or we could smoke for stress relief or we could do a whole pile of other things for, for fun and interesting reasons. But what often happens is when you, um, kind of on the surface level, say that, listen, I've got to stop doing this thing, it sounds rational because you're thinking of the disadvantage of the habits. But kind of subconsciously, if you look at the neurology of what's happening, is if your system thinks that, you know what, I'm trying to get rid of happiness here. I'm trying to get rid of comfort. I'm trying to get of relief. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we don't need less happiness in our life. So that's why it doesn't tend to work a lot of the time. John, give me give me an uh, for instance about some of the things that I that I think are bad but could actually be good for me. Like what what are some what are some bad habits that that I'm probably okay to hang on to? You don't have any bad habits, do you? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any suggestions? Well, I'm I'm making a, a what about pretty, caffeine? Like I'm, this- I'm making a strong claim, which is I suppose that every bad habit has a positive intent. Now, what I'm not saying is that you keep doing your bad habit. That that's not the point I'm making. Uh, okay. By by all means, improve. <laughs> But what I'm really saying is, ask a two-part question. That's what we're suggesting with any bad habit, and you know, people at home can try this. And the first part of the question is, what is the benefit of the habit? If you can figure out what the habit is either offering you or promising you, if you can figure out what that is, you're really onto the core of it. And then the second question is, okay, that benefit, what's a better way of achieving it? And if you're taking that approach, you can't really fail, because even if you find yourself reverting back to old habits, you stop and you say for a moment, hold on a moment, what am I actually trying to achieve here? And what is a better way of achieving that? Well, give me a for instance, John, yeah. say with my caffeine one. Like, so say I, I like caffeine and I don't mind whether I get it in coffee or Coke or whatever. Well, I like things, caffeine. things like caffeine, things that are a chemical stimulant, it could be nicotine and cigarettes or it could be caffeine. And they're interesting because they work in a few different ways. But one of the ways, one of the elements of them is, is that they uh, create, a, I suppose, a, a need 
and that when you then meet that need, you're back to normal again. But of course, if you didn't have that addiction to begin with, you wouldn't need to return yourself back to normal, if that makes sense. So they're, 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 they're a little bit trickier. But there's other benefits as well. The act of smoking a cigarette can be stopping. It can be breathing. You, even when you're breathing in smoke, you're breathing in oxygen as well. There's a kind of a mindfulness to doing it, you know, so that's beneficial. Um, overeating, you know, can be used as a comfort mechanism or just a chance to stop and relax and to chill out. So these are really useful things. And the problem is often when people get rid of their habits, they don't, like a smoker who stops smoking, doesn't then uh, take a break sometimes. And, you know, they're losing out on that stress relief, uh, which they really need. Yeah. So it, it's tricky to find other ways sometimes, but at least if you know what you're looking for, you're much more likely to find it. And that's the challenge, to keep asking that question. What is the benefit here? And what is a better way of getting it? Is that makes sense. Are there times, though, that people can replace one vice with another, or maybe not a vice, with the habit Absolutely. that they can become obsessed with? <laughs> and every good therapist will tell you about that. It's called symptom substitution. <laughs> and it's where you have a problem and you get rid of it and you maybe replace it with something worse. So, yeah, you're dead right. That's exactly what happens. So that's the key in asking those questions about the benefits. What is the benefit? But what's a way of achieving that benefit that's at least better than the old way that I'm trying to give up? Otherwise, there's no point in changing. You might as well just stay with the old one. Okay. So, okay. So you might as well stay with the old one. But say someone has decided, okay, this is the year I'm giving up smoking. And then they are replacing it with going to the gym. And the gym then starts taking over their lives. Would it not take a long time for them to realise, oh, the fact I'm going to the gym three to four hours a day or whatever. And yes, I do know this person. You know, they think that they're doing great things. Whereas for a lot of us, we just think that they're, we don't know what the hell they're doing, but it's like they're they're ignoring the rest of their life. Yeah. New habits ideally are as close as possible to the old ones. So something like going to the gym, that can be useful, it can be beneficial, but it might be a little bit abstract because it only happens at certain times of the day. Mm. There's going to be like like eating or smoking or things like that. There's going to be cues at certain times of the day. And, you know, I have people I work with doing all kinds of things. Some people take up knitting or drawing or just breathing or meditation or, you know, you name it. There's all kinds of different things. It's a very personal thing what a person takes up, but something that's no worse than the old habit you're trying to give up and something that uh, is, is personal to you, that's meaningful, that's kind of fun and enjoyable. And that's really the whole theme with this is having a bit of fun, not having this attitude of scarcity. You know, Christmas is over, now it's suffering, now it's January. You know, that, 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 that's no good. It's really enjoying the thing and not having this attitude of failure because if we slip up a little bit, that's no big deal. You know, most people, no matter how good they are, fail from time to time. You just get back on it. You look for a better way. Keep doing it. Does scarcity make us panic, um, John? Is that what it is? You're like, you know, I'm on a diet, I can't eat cake, and then you go, must have cake. It's funny you say that because in marketing, actually, scarcity is one of the principles that marketing psychologists use to try and sell better, and it's really, really effective. So you're dead right. If we use scarcity on ourselves, it's not going to work. Instead, an attitude of plenty, reversing that around and saying, listen, there's lots of ways of achieving happiness. Are there people in the world who don't have my bad habits but who are happy, yes. you know? And it's like, yeah, of course they are. Yeah, <laughs> so they why are. can't yeah. I be one of those yeah. too? Yeah, lady, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but I suppose we live in a world of comparisons and yeah, you know, we're comparing ourselves to others all the time. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Facebook. Is that, <laughs> thank you, yeah, thank you, Facebook. Thanks for all that kind of stuff. But yeah. is, is that a danger as well? As, as Michelle has mentioned there, with the likes of social media, has it changed our mindsets? and, you know, brought us to a bad place. 
Well, it has. It's created a kind of a performance anxiety a lot of the time, a real pressure to need to achieve certain aims. And something I, I do work with athletes and stage performers as well, and people who do public speaking work, that type of work. And performance anxiety is a real issue there, but something very similar happens with health. And a lot of the time, people are focused on the challenge or the problem or the thing they don't want. But what we suggest there is switching it around and focusing on the goal, which is the thing that you want to achieve. But then going a step further again, which is don't just think of the goals, which can be this kind of perfectionism, but bring it back down to what can I do right now, which is the kind of thing that if I just focus on doing that right now, it'll be enjoyable right now, but will also take me towards those goals and away from the things that I don't want to happen, you know, the problems and the difficulties. So it's really bringing you back to the present moment a lot of the time which are things that are in your control. Because, yeah, if you do turn on Facebook or Twitter or you look on the TV or whatever it may be, there's just so much. And, of course, a lot of it isn't real either. It's Mm. a persona. It's something that we're trying to aspire to. And that can be very, very negative because then when we try and achieve it, we're we're guaranteed to fail, essentially, because no, probably the person we're looking at hasn't even achieved it. It's just a kind of a a facade of that. So trying to make it very real and very, very practical and trying to make it not all or nothing. I think that's my big message here Mm. is, is that if we can you know, constantly tweak and develop and develop, not because it's broken, because the old habits are working to a degree, yeah. but just that can we find a better way of it's doing it. Yeah. Like involved. if you have win, win, Windows 95 on your computer isn't wrong, but there are new versions. Yeah. Oh, okay. I like okay. it. Okay, you can that. find yeah. uh, You can find John at jfl.com, uh, consulting psychologist and cognitive scientist, John Francis Leader. Thanks so much for joining us. Have John. a great new year and all the best Cheers. with the resolutions. Cheers. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, we just want to say congratulations to our winners who are going along Woo-hoo. to the Wedding Journal show. It's happening pl- in the City West Complex this Friday. Saturday and Sunday. More information at WeddingJournalOnline.com. They are Tracy in Castle Knock, uh, Lisa Breslin in Britis, Eamon Cleary, uh, Cleary in Sutton and Marie Layden who are in is in Belgarde tonight. Use well your done, words, guys. Marin. That's great. That's it. Mm-hmm. A, um, I also have to say hi to Sean who goes, it's not just me then. My girlfriend has always used my razor. Drives me insane. No, we do it all the time. To- we rob them. And Sorry, then you Sean. just blow the hair out. So no one knows. No one ever knows except <laughs> you do when you're like, this feels duller because I use it on my face. And I have eight cuts. <laughs> it's not good. 98 FM's Late Night Talk with Head and Shoulders giving you the confidence to hang up your hang-ups.